Say, I want you to know something today. If I don't say any other thing today that uh, might impress you, I want you to know that God really loves you. God loves you so very much that he commended or proved his love toward you that while you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you. If you had been the only sinner in the world, Christ would have died just for you. Wow. Isn't that something? That put a smile on a cucumber, wouldn't it? Huh? Amen. That might even make some Baptist folk happy. Huh? Dear Lord, I tell you, that is wonderful. God loves us. Wow. Mm. I'll tell you, I have trouble loving a lot of folk. In fact, I have trouble loving just about any folk. But God loves all the folk, huh? In your Bible to the book of John, chapter 14, I'll be done in time for you to get to Luby's own time. And uh, I, I just, uh, John chapter 14 is really the essence of the theme of the series that I've been speaking on, why Christianity is special. I like the article in the paper this week, the pilgrims did not come to this country carrying a Koran. They come carrying a Bible. Now, they did not get off the Mayflower and bow their knee to Allah. They prayed and thanked God for a safe trip across the Atlantic. Uh, Christianity is special. John chapter 14 is the epitome of why that Christianity is special. I think thus far I've preached five or six messages out of John 14, have not even touched the surface. And I would like you to take the scriptures. I know John chapter 14 was not written to us. I'm not so naive to to believe that John chapter 14 or the Bible was written to us, but it most definitely was written for us. You understand that? John is not writing to us, but the Holy Spirit of God had John to write it for us. So it is applicable to your life today in the troublesome times that we're living in the chaos, in the hurt, the sorrow, and all that goes with just being alive. But I'll tell you, I'll take it rather than the alternative. I'll take its ups and downs, in and outs, throughs, and everything else. If I ever die and somebody said it was suicide, investigate. Would you do that? Investigate. I love life. I am so glad this week I have gained a year. Most folk, when they have birthdays, they lose a year. Not me. I thought I would be 73 on Wednesday. 
till I got my calculator out and figured it up. And I was only 72. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Somebody said, how can an old man like you be so happy? I ain't got to do it again. There's <laughs> just a lot of things that I've done. I just don't want to do no more. Like last night. I got in at 3.30 this morning. I was out soloing him. <laughs> we didn't tree any either. John 14. Listen to this. To a troublesome, bewildered, bereaved, hurting, fearful group of disciples. Our Lord with tenderness, compassion and care said, let not your hearts be troubled. Oh, troubled heart today, you do not have to remain troubled. You believe in God, verse 1, believe also in me. Wow. In my Father's house. I like that, don't you? In my Father's house. I always like to go to my daddy's house. Hmm? I like to sit in the basement with my daddy. He'd have that basement about 150 degrees. And if you dared say anything about it, my daddy would jump down your throat and tell you that this is my house. But I love to go to my father's house. Why should I worry or fret if when this life is over, I move out of Ginger's house and move into my father's house? In my father's house are many mansions. I don't want no little cabin on the corner of Glory Land. I've had all the cabins down here I want. In my father's house are what? Many mansions. Oh, troubled disciples, if it were not so, I would have told you. Hmm. Our Savior is not afraid or ashamed or stifled in telling us. Our sin, hmm? our faults, hmm? our failures, and yes, he commends us. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. Aren't you glad of that? And if I go, he said, I will come again. He's coming. I'm sorry, Mr. Campin had it all mixed up a couple of weeks ago. (laughs) How many eggheads have set a date on when the Lord's coming back and when the world's going to be destroyed? 
few years ago, several years ago, somebody wrote a book on what was going to happen when all the planets aligned. And that was supposed to throw the universe in a lopsided kilter and then the world would end. A lot of my preacher friends bought the book. Well, they're heavy on reading and light on thinking. And started preaching that stuff. That the world was going to end when all the planets aligned and throw the universe out of kilter. And I said, dummies, let me tell you something. If all the planets line up, if none of the planets line up, he still upholds it with the word of his power. That's my father. He created it. He sustains it. So if your world is kind of rocking and tumbling and tiltering, don't worry about it. My father. Your father is in control. Are you glad of that? He said, I will come again. Now where I am there, you may be also. Wow. And, of course, verse 4, and whether I go, you know, and the way, you know. And then Thomas the Baptist stepped up and said, I don't know the way. Jesus said in verse 6, now look at this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Do you need somebody to interpret that for you? If I want to go to heaven, then Jesus is the way. It's not Muhammad. It's not Confucius. It's not Buddha. It's not Joseph Smith. It's Jesus. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man come to the Father but by me. Wow. We could preach all month long on that. And then I want to begin today in verse number 12. Is that all right? Verse number 12. And you say, how long are you going to preach? Well, it's according to when I go to sleep. Verse 12. Wow. This, is a, this will blow your mind. Now, the one who is speaking is the one that went down to the wedding of Canaan and they ran out of wine and Jesus said, fill the water pots and he changed the elements right there before their eyes from water to wine. He's the one who walked on the carpet, walked on the sea and Peter said, Lord, is that you? Jesus said, yes, it's me. Peter said, if it be thee, bid me come unto thee on the water. He said, come. Peter went and walked on the water. This is the same one that has healed the sick, that has raised the dead, walked on the water, spoken to the winds, and it hushed, spoke to the waves, and they Silenced themselves as little whip puppies 
running across the sea, finding refuge underneath the front porch of the house. This is he who said, Lazarus, come forth. And a dead man, wrapped in grave clothes, floated out of the tomb. Look what he said to his disciples, verse 12. He said in verse 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me. Whoa, stop, look up here. If you've got a marquee, a pencil, a pen, chalk, anything, kind of highlight that. He that believeth on me. All of this is not for everyone. He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do. Wow. You mean I'd walk on the water? I'd rather see you try it first. The works that I do... Shall he do also? Wow. I think that's a pretty wild statement. I mean, if you know and are familiar with the miracles he did, I mean, they are breathtaking. If I'd have been there, I'd have wowed every one of them. I mean, when the lame was made to walk and when the dead was raised and the elements bow at his command and when the wind cease at his summons and when the water smooths at his rebuke, I would have said, wow, amen. Of course, now, I couldn't have got real excited if we'd been here because some of you folk might think I'm religious. We reserve our enthusiasm for the ball games. Uh, Amen. And so, but I would have wowed every one of his accomplishments. I would have till this day. The works that he does, if I believe on him, I will do. That, that, that's mind boggling. But now notice the rest of it. And greater works than these shall he do. Wow. I know you've read that. But I guess we might as well explain it away because we can certainly not doing it. Please, uh, would somebody just say amen to see if anybody's still here? I guess there's no use believing it since we're not seeing it. Maybe he just put that in there 
to fill up space between verse 11 and 13. Because, dear God, we're not seeing that take place. Most of us can't even keep our home together. And most of us cannot even settle on who to love, why to love, and when to love. And most of us are too busy to even take care of our families and take care of our kids uh, Dear Lord, uh, we can't even pay our bills. And here, God says we can do greater works than he did. We might as well rip that page out of the Bible. Because we don't believe that. I mean, that's, that's for the epistles. You know, the wives of the apostles. Preacher, the older you get, the crazier you get. Can I read on, please? And whatsoever ye ask in my name, that will I do. Wow. Now that don't mean if you don't like me, you can ask God to kill me and he'll do it. (laughs) That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Why are you so broke? Why is your family bankrupt spiritually? Why is our head so full and our heart so empty? Why is it that our Christianity does not affect anything but our mouth? You say, preacher, visitors are here. Don't be telling on us. I'm talking to the visitors too. Would it be all right if I read on? See... I haven't said anything to make you mad at me because all I've done is read. So if you get mad at anybody, get mad at the author, not the news boy. Look at this word. I think somebody said it's a conjunction. Really don't know what that means. I guess you get to it and you turn right or left. Or turn around. If. You got that? If. You can do greater works than Jesus ever dared to do. If. 
You can ask me and I'll do anything that you want me to do if. Got the if down yet? If you love me. Jesus is not speaking directly to you. He's speaking to 12 disciples, 11 disciples now. That has followed him day after day for three and a half years. Has heard him teach. Heard him preach. Seen him do miracles beyond all measure. Seen him turn five loaves and two fishes into sufficiency to feed 5,000 with 12 baskets left over. They've seen him invade the depths of the domain of death and pull out with the mighty command of deity, Lazarus, come forth. He's, they've witnessed him walking in to the disease, the lepers, and so forth and so on, and speak, ladies and gentlemen, and they become clean. He's dove deeply into the domain of the demons of hell and cast him out, threw him into a herd of swine and watched him run violently down the cliff to commit suicide. <laughs> Got to be a farmer to understand that. And here he says, Here he says, you can do greater works than I ever did. You can ask and I'll give you anything whatsoever if. Wow. Now, fellas, you can wall around in your pity party. You can feel sorry for yourself because you've left all you've had to follow me. You've had a misconception of what the Messiah was to do. You have believed that I'm come to deliver you from the bondage of Rome. But I am going to go to an old rugged cross in about 12 hours. And I'm going to die on that cross to be a savior of the world. You can wallow around in your loneliness and your pity party. Or you, 11 men, can do greater works than I ever did. You can ask anything in my name. I will give it to you that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If. How are you handling if? If you love me, can I read the rest of it? Keep my commandments. Hmm? Let's read on because some of you look like you're not enjoying it yet. And I will pray the Father... And he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. I know you're bereaved. 
I know I'm leaving. Physically, I'm going to be parted from you, 11 disciples. But I am not going to leave you orphans, comfortless. I'm going to send you another comforter. One just like me, Paracletos, one that goes alongside. Not one of a different sort, but one just exactly like me. And I'm going to send him to you so that you will not be comfortless, so that you will not have to be afraid, so that you will be able and competent to do what I have asked you to do, so that you can evangelize the world, so that you can go all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I'm going to give you another just like me to go alongside of you. Now, the difference is, listen, he's going to be with you forever. I'm leaving, but the one I'm sending is going to be with you forever. If you're saved today, I want to speak slowly. If you're saved today, you are never, ever going to go any place By yourself again. You have a comforter sent to you by God the Father. And he is with you everywhere you go. If you are a believer. Let me read on, please. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not. Neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you. Now be careful. And shall be in you. Wow. It's kind of weird, ain't it? With you. In you, comforter, paracletos, one like me, just like me, but it's not me, it is the comforter. I am not in you, I'm here, you're there, but he is going to be here and there. I don't know about you, but I'm sure glad I'm a Christian. I said, I'm glad. That I'm a Christian. And you say you ought to be a Muslim. No, I'm a Christian. I I am born again. I have been given birth from above. And now I am the tabernacle and the temple of the blessed Holy Spirit of God. The comforter sent by Jesus. Let's read on. You say you're going to start preaching. I think it's pretty good. I hadn't said too much. Maybe I don't need to say too much today. Maybe I just need to let God say it. Is that all right? You say, why? You didn't study. Buckle up in a minute. You'll find out. Verse 18. I will not leave you comfortless. Now look at this. I. Who's speaking? Somebody tell me. Somebody tell me who's speaking. I will 
I like that, don't you? I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. In that day, now look at this, in that day, ye shall know that I am in the Father, and ye in me, and I in you. Well, now, isn't that something? Jesus is in the Father. And uh, we're in Jesus. Amen. And Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit is in us. Do you understand that? I ain't going to try to. I'm just going to believe it and praise God for it. When I was a kid, when my kids were little, some of the kids were not ashamed to say, my dad can whoop your dad. I looked at one of the neighbors and I said, you tell them that your dad can whip their mother. In this old Tennessee frame of a fella, rest the father the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Wow. You let another religion top that little deal. When I got saved 46 years ago in my living room, not knowing to me, I was so ignorant, I thought John 3.16 was a cubic inches in a chivalry. I had no idea what it was. And I bowed my knee Slid off my couch, invited Christ into my heart. And I repented of my ungodly lifestyle and repented of my sins because my sins was against the Holy Savior. And I was ashamed that I had blasphemed his name when I found out he loved me so much. And I slid off my couch and I got gloriously saved. And that night, God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit took up housekeeping in my home. For 46 years, I've never gone any place that they didn't go with me. I've never drank anything that they didn't drink. Never indulged in anything they were not partakers of. Never watched or looked at anything that they did not have to look at also. And because I realized that fact very early in my Christian life, there was a lot of things I had to quit. And a lot of things I needed to quit. And a lot of things I needed to start doing. Is there anybody here today? Shall we read on? You say, well, preacher, I wish you'd just tell a story or so. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. 
Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If, there's that word if again, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, Whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. Bring all things to remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Wow. Let's pray, and I've got, it's 11.08. I'll be done approximately 11.10. Now that's approximate. Father, please burn these scriptures deep into our hearts today. There's not one of us present that does not need you to work in our life. I pray you do it today for Jesus' sake. Amen. Question is, how can we do these mighty works that Jesus has said we can do? After all, the manifestation of all the miracles in the Gospels was, is mind boggling, if you please. I see him walking on the water in the midst, the wind, and the turmoil. I see him Rebuking the elements and them obeying his will, I cannot but see and watch because my wife likes to watch catastrophes like Shark Week, Tornado Alley. I am, the other day she gave me some powder to test and she said, honey, would you see if this is baking powder? They said down to store it was rat poison. Would you see? Uh, and I, I see all of the, I see the power, the destructive power, the force that's in a, a tornado. It's brought to mind recently about uh, in in Missouri and Kentucky and the southern states and uh, the awesome, tremendous power. It's wrapped up in the 150, 200 mile an hour winds. Uh, I witnessed this year a tsunami in Japan, and I watched the force of the waters. And I think of all that man has built, and all the ingenuity, and all the 
dynamics that goes into everything that goes uh, a building. And I watch a tsunami, just uh, the finger tip of God uh, roll in and absolutely destroy everything that man has made. And this water walker, this wine brewer, this great physician, this master teacher, this uh, creator of all that you and I experience. And oh, he says, greater works. I would do. Now how in God's name is this possible? Please note, he did not say greater miracles would I do. The word is greater works you will do. And, of course, our mind automatically goes back to the feeding of the 5,000, the walking on the water, the raising of the dead, the healing of the sick. And we go back to that. But Jesus Christ did not come to heal people. Jesus Christ did not come to prove he could walk on the water. Jesus' purpose for coming to this world was not to raise Lazarus from the dead. He came, listen now, listen, he came to seek and to save that which is lost. He walked on the water so that they might know he is the one who came to seek and to save that which was lost. He raised Lazarus from the dead to prove if he could do it for Lazarus, he could do it for himself, and he could also do it for us. Greater works, not greater miracles. And Jesus Christ came not to be a master teacher, not to be a great physician, not to be another creator, not to be the next aeronautical engineer, not to be any other thing than the Savior of mankind. But God commended His love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ did not come to live. He came to die that you and I might live. And He said to these disciples, greater works will you do than I do. You say, preacher, how can you imagine that? Did you know at Pentecost? At Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, there was more people saved the day of Pentecost than were saved in the three and a half years of Jesus' ministry. Greater works you guys will do. I came to work The works of him who sent me while it is yet day for night cometh when no man can work. Greater works you guys will do. 3,000 folk saved on the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter number 4, 5,000 were saved. That's 8,000 folks are saved in just three chapters. And that's more folks that were saved in all the ministry of the Lord Jesus. 
Acts chapter 5, multitudes of men and women were gloriously born again. Greater works. Jesus did not have worldwide competency. Jesus Christ did not have the ability to stand in one place and preach the gospel around the world. We do it every Sunday. We do it every Wednesday night. More people hear the gospel preached in one day than heard all the ministry of our Lord's life. Greater works shall ye do. Wow. I said, wow. Notice, if you would please, I'd like to give you, it's 11.15. I have 15 minutes. So if you'll hurry, I'll be done. If you'll hurry up and listen, I'll hurry up and finish. Notice the promise. Verse number 12, 13 and 14. Has anybody ever promised you anything and it didn't work out? Hmm? Come on, tell me the truth now. Have you ever promised anything to anybody that didn't kind of work out? Let me tell you something. Not one promise of our Lord has ever gone unfulfilled. Not one. Not one in all the book. Jesus said, He that believeth in me, verily I say unto you, He that believeth in me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do. Because, now, you don't run the because I go to my Father. And since Jesus is not here, He is with the Father. Verse 16. I will pray the Father. You know who's praying for you today? Jesus is praying the Father for you. And because he goes to his Father, here's his promise. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do. You say, but preacher, I've been praying and I just don't get any answer. Well, I think it says, he that believeth on me. He that believeth on me. Whatsoever he shall ask in my name, that will I do. If I work as hard as I can, I get done all that I can. If I pray, then God does all he can. Are you tired of doing all you can because your can ends up not sufficient? Well, I don't think that'll work. 
he that believeth on me. He that believeth on me. I think maybe if you're going to pray, I think prayer is our greatest work. I can only make one visit at a time, but if I pray, God can make a whole bunch of visits at the same time. And if I pray and I get a hold of God and God says, I'm going to give you what you ask, then if this one is mad at me, God will make him glad. If this one's glad, God will make him mad. And this one ain't moving, God will make him move. And this one is moving too fast, God will slow him down. And this one won't talk to me, God will make him talk to me. You see, I can't make all them visits at one time, but I know somebody who can. The banker charges interest. God does not. God said, I'll meet all of your needs according to your riches and glory. Greater works. Greater, greater, greater works. Greater works you'll be able to do if you believe in me. Because prayer is the avenue by which God does things. Let me give you three things about prayer. Right quickly. Notice if you would please. Prayer is our greatest work, but we need the right person. Right person. He that believeth on me. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not a say, if you're not a, if you're not a believer, and you're not Christian, the only difference in you and me is that I'm a saved sinner and you're a lost one. The only difference in you and I today, if you've never been saved and become a child of God, is I'm a saved sinner and you're a lost sinner. And lost sinners do not believe in God. And lost sinners do not have the promise of verse 13 and 14. The only prayer God is obligated to answer for a lost person is, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And he saves them and puts them on praying ground. And praying ground is he that believeth on me, the right person, the right power in my name. Now, every once in a while my kids want to check. I got lots of checks. I guess I got a lot of money. I got checkbooks that deep. I could give David or Andrew either one, Mandy. I give them all a check. But if my name is not signed at the bottom, that's worthless. But you sign my name to it, it's worth millions. All liars shall be friars, the Bible says. It really don't say that. It's the authority. And when I pray, and I believe on Jesus, and I believe he is who he said he was, can do what he said he'd do. He said he was the creator, the sustainer. He can do anything. I believe he is my savior. I am his child. 
He's my father. He loves me. And when he writes a check, he kind of likes me to sign the name on the check. In Jesus' name. Huh? You say, oh, there ain't nothing wrong with that. Let me ask you, let's just do something. Since this is a Sunday morning crowd and everybody loves me. You want to do something? Now sit up straight. I want you to do something. I won't try something on you. Now this, I can't get down there because the guys in the TV rooms probably eating pizza and they can't follow me with the cameras. Okay, let's everybody do something, okay? Let, let, let's, just, let's just say a, 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 a name, okay? Everybody say it with me. Number one, Jesus. Jesus. Okay, now let's say it again. Jesus. A little softer. Jesus. Feel anything here? There? Deep inside? Got another name you'd like to try that with? There's just something about that name. Devils flee from that name. We're saved in that name. We pray in that name. And one blessed day we're going to leave in that name. The right person, he that believeth. The right power in Jesus' name. When you pray, you ought to pray with the right purpose. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. Most of our prayers does not have God's glory in view. Most of our prayers has us in view. Come on now, let me have an amen. Most of us, when we pray, it's all about us. Lord, bless us. Give us this day. Take care of us. We should pray that the Father may be glorified in the sign. The promise that God would answer prayer, that you could do mighty works, that you could be somebody great for the glory of God. Great in His eyes, not great in somebody else's eyes. Don't need to be passing out autographs just because God has blessed you. Come on. The promise. I got five minutes. The practice. Can I put that on there? Look at it. Notice how I do that. You really got to have power to just look up there and push it right in like that. The practice. Here it is. If you love me. If you love me. Keep my commandments. Boy, that, that's a serious deal. Prerequisite to practice is love. See, you, you don't, you don't practice something and then fall in love because you're practicing something. You fall in love and then you begin to practice. I do not serve God because uh, he will bless me. I serve God because I love him. Can I help you a little bit? Look at verse number 15. The Bible says in verse 15, If you love me, 
Look at verse number 21, if you would please. Verse 21. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. Verse 23, please. Verse 23. If a man love me, he will keep my words. Is it sunk in yet? Verse 24. Please look it with me. He that loveth me, he that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings. Oh, preacher, I love God. And you can't trust him with 10% of your money. Preach, I love the Lord, except Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Because I love NCIS or B-U-L-L or baloney more. If you love me, if you love me, you will practice. What I want you to practice. You will do what I want you to do. You will be what I want you to be. See, this was a good message till I got there. Could you say amen? Amen. If you love me, you don't do what I said for you to do because you do not love me. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, it will be evident who you love. If I told Miss Ginger, I'll show up Sunday for two hours and I'll prove to you that I love you. Jim, say amen, would you? Please, Jim, say amen. I need your amen, Jim. I didn't put that if in there. Is it in your Bible? Who put it in there? Jesus is speaking to those disciples. I'm not, I'm going to be gone. I won't be looking over your shoulder. I won't be patty kicking you along. I'm going to have to take the bottle out of your mouth. And you're going to have to start depending on my word. Bottle time is over. And everybody in the world is going to know whether you love me or not. By whether you keep my commandments or not. I'll tell you, that'll kill corn knee high. See, God gives us two commands in the New Testament. Matthew 22, love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. Love thy neighbors thyself. And then in verse 23 through 24, he says, no love, no obedience, no obedience, no love. You know why you are struggling with obedience? Because you don't love God. You love something else more. You say, well, I'm going to get mad at you. Well, you can get glad in the same britches you got mad in. Or you can burn them britches up and get you some new britches to get glad in. I didn't write it. I just said it. 
Hello? You see, love will do three things. Number one, love will bring conversion. I didn't, I didn't get saved because I was afraid of hell. Man, I was living in an air-conditioned house, walking around with a wad of money in my hand to choke a, a nap. <laughs> Flying all over the country and all in, the, in foreign countries and uh, high, riding a high life. I didn't get saved because I wanted to miss hell. Man, I had all the heaven I wanted right on earth. And I could handle the rich man in hell. I could handle Revelation 20, 11 through 15. I could handle Revelation 21 and 8, where all liars and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters will be cast in the lake. I could handle all that, but I couldn't handle Romans 5. When it said, but God commended his love toward you. And that while you were a sinner, Christ died. For you. And that night the Holy Spirit of God took that verse that how much God loved me and with the spear of divinity threw it into my heart and immediately this old proud, arrogant, fighting, gambling, hell-raising fella found himself weeping audibly. On his couch. As the preacher explained to me the love of God. And when I found somebody that loved me that much. I in turn fell in love with him. And that night I got saved. If you love me. You'll get saved. Love not only produces conversion, it, can produce, it produces change. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. You see, on Wednesday, I laughed at the smutty jokes. On Wednesday, I joined the poker game at lunchtime. On Wednesday... I went to the barbecue place and had a few with the boys. Played a little pool. On Wednesday. But on Thursday, something happened. And Friday, the jokes wasn't near as funny anymore. I don't know why. I didn't know any Bible. I, I hadn't studied I had not gone to school and got degrees and so forth. Just on Friday, because of Thursday, I didn't like what I liked last Wednesday. And my taste changed. Love, if you love me, if you love me, like I love you, you'll get saved. You'll be converted. You'll be changed. And then, do you like talking to somebody you love? Hmm? (laughs) 
Phil and Jill had been married for many years, but now they were in divorce court. The judge asked, Phil, is it true that for the past three years of your marriage, you have not spoken to Jill one time? Phil replied, yes, that's true, judge. Judge said, how do you explain this unusual behavior? Phil said, well, I just didn't want to interrupt her. Everybody's laughing but the women. I don't understand this. Hey, ladies, that's supposed to have been funny. Jesus says, if you love me, talk to me. Talk to me. Love produces conversion, change, and communication. Are you glad of that? And whatsoever... You ask in my name, that will I do it. Well, five minutes over. All gone. What can I say? Nothing in five minutes. I'm done. The promise, greater works, whatsoever. Practice, if you love me. Now notice the power. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Power. Power to witness. Power. Power to change from the inside out. Power, not reformation, but transformation. Power. Not to change the clothes, but to change the person in the clothes. Power. To put a new man in the suit, not a new suit on the man. Power, power, wonder-working power. There's power in the blood of the Lamb. The Holy Ghost of God in you, given to us by God the Father. Daniel chapter 11, verse 32, looking forward, the people that do know their God, shall be strong and do exploits. (laughs) Greater works shall you do. Anything you ask in my name, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Do you believe any of that? I said, do you believe any of that? Well, great causes present great challenges. I think maybe it might be time for some of us to step out of our comfort zone and see if God really meant that. Are you tired of being a nobody, a nothing, no value to the cause of Christ? It's time we did something great. The problem is not with God, but it might be with us. 
Come on now, you say, preacher, it's time to go. Well, I thought I'd wait till you got real mad so I could really lay it on you. I don't think the lack of works that we're doing is God's fault. I think maybe it might be our fault. I think maybe we're comfortable. Could it be this morning when you got up, got your Sunday go-to-meeting clothes on, drove into our parking lot, came in and sat down, you were not expecting anything. The only thing you were hoping was that I could shut up by 1130. Now some, that's not true. But the majority of us comes to church, get exactly what we were expecting. Nothing. I just think maybe we need to change our thinking, to change our expecting and change our believing. Is God the God of the impossible? You don't look like it. You look like your situation is impossible. You look like you're the only person that's ever been there before. You act like that God is too busy over at my house. To make a house call at your place. What are you expecting God to do in your life? Wow. Now these kids are going to youth camp. Most of them haven't had a spiritual thought since they signed up. You kids know how to say amen? Amen. Say amen, Garrett, I'll hit you right in his nose. Amen. You say amen, I'll bust you right in the nose. Amen. Amen. Amen, preacher. Set up straight, son. Say, amen, preacher. Amen, preacher. Yes. <laughs> what do you expect God to do wonderfully? gloriously and eternally in that crowd next week. Thousands and thousands of thousands of dollars. We'll write a check for thousands of dollars for the kids get off that bus. Used to, when I went to youth camp, they could say where I went by picking up the broke down buses along the way. I've gone to, to, to uh, uh, Comfort, Texas, What's it, a Potagol Youth Camp? And left as many as five buses parked on the road that we'd have to pick up over a year's time getting back. This year, these suffering little boogers for Jesus over here in the morning is going to get on a bus, air-conditioned, 
with televisions in each seat. Suffering for Jesus. That's what you're doing. Yes, sir. Suffering for Jesus. What are you expecting? The miracle working, water walking, dead raising God of this universe to do eternally for this crowd. You say, well, they're just going down there and the preacher ain't going to let them listen to the radio or watch the iPhone or play on the internet. They'll be back next week and they'll get their junk and they'll get right back in it. I hope the next time you drink vinegar, it clabbers about halfway down. The reason nothing happens is we don't expect anything to happen. We don't believe anything's going to happen. So nothing happens. Bless your heart. We need to change. Dear God, we need to change because we have the power of Almighty God and He can move mountains, shake the world, rake havoc with all the devil's children And we sit here defeated all because we're too far in debt. Sucking on the hind tit because we have it so bad. Dear God, I wish he'd give you the holy hiccups. We need to change our believing, change our receiving, and change our expecting, bless God, And we just believe that the God that let Peter walk on the water has got some more water and I can walk too. Greater works, ladies and gentlemen, greater works. I'm tired of the ordinary. I'm tired of the mundane. I'm tired of tradition. Dear God, give me some old-fashioned King James Bible kind of religion that we serve a miracle-working God.